Welcome back to another episode of the Texas Trailhead podcast. The week, we're in the week after July 4th, Independence Day. I know there were, there, it wasn't the same. None of, I feel like I'm starting every episode intro with the preface, whatever you did last week, I know it's different than anything you've ever experienced before. And I don't want to really do that every episode, but July 4th was a little bit different. Where I live in Kyle, we actually still had a firework display. And I think, judging on the thousands of cars that were in our small town, I think we were the only show uh, in town, so to speak. I know Austin didn't really do their show, and then San Marcos, south of us, didn't either. So all of those people um, were were greeted by some pretty gnarly fireworks uh it was a the show went for like 45 minutes which i feel like is 15 minutes too long but we had a really good spot and uh you know for for what it's worth it it was fun to be out and enjoy the show it was a full moon as well so if anyone out there listening is into crystals it was a great time for us to charge up all of our crystals and get all of our full moon rituals taken care of um so yeah it it was it was a good time but you know there there was a lot of there's a lot of things still going on in the world that not everyone is was 100 percent on celebrating this year's independence day or some people just weren't able to as well so I hope everyone out there is still staying healthy and, and, and getting through the each day at a time and, and getting those positive thoughts and making sure you're doing your checklists of gratitude. Um, it'll definitely help you as it helps me as well. So this week I'm going to do kind of two different sides of the same coin. In, in the first segment, I want to talk about how you can give back to the places that you love to enjoy some recreation. So I'm going to give you some some great suggestions on how you can give back to your parks, to your local trails, and, and all the things that I do to give back and contribute to my parks and trails. And in the second segment, I'm going to talk about how to find places to camp around Texas and the three best options or the three best apps that I use and a couple other side apps and ideas to find places to camp here in Texas mostly but I've also used some of these things to find places to camp at outside of Texas as well so please enjoy this episode Welcome to the Texas Trailhead podcast Join me, Danny Laurel, as I share stories from the trails around Texas and more. I'll also talk about my favorite gear to use, camping tips, and feature interviews from others who enjoy the outdoors. So grab your backpack and put on your hiking shoes. This is the Texas Trailhead. One of the first places that I saw that closed in a non-COVID-19 capacity was the Corps of Engineers, one of the Corps of Engineers parks uh, right outside of Canyon Lake. And they closed because it was filthy. They couldn't handle how many people showed up 
and how much of a mess people left behind. And it drives me crazy. I, I keep seeing these pictures of some of the other places that aren't Texas state parks and they're getting overrun and they're overfilling the trash and then animals are getting to the trash. And it's just one of those things. It's like people get upset that parks are limiting capacity and they just aren't realizing that one, it's just for health and and safety not just for the people in the park, but also for the employees that have to are more customer facing. But it's also to limit the amount of people with less park employees to keep up with all of the trash. People just leave everything behind and 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 I'm obviously speaking generally, generally speaking, in places that are getting overly crowded there is an increase of trash so let me just clarify and make sure i stay on track i'm not saying everyone that's showing up to the parks is is making a mess obviously that's not the case but you're seeing a lot less respect for the park and i think for me as someone that is all about hiking and all about spending time out on the trails i think one of the most important things we can do to show our appreciation of the outdoors is give back to the organizations that provide these lands for us. I want to give you some examples of how you can contribute and some of the ways that I give back as well. As someone who speaks about the parks often, I felt it's also important to put my money where my mouth is, so to speak. And first and foremost, the Texas Parks and Wildlife are going to be the front runner for most of mine and your contributions to the parks. With the recent passing of Prop 5, I don't know if you remember that from uh, one of the last main votes, the Texas State Parks will now receive more funding than they have in the past. For most of us, contributions came from private donations and such, but now the sales tax from sporting goods will be 100% allocated to the parks. No longer will the money allocated to the parks be able to spend in other places. What you were finding is in some of these cities and states, well, not states, but in Texas, but in some of these cities where the parks are at, if those local governments were needing money for other things, they were able to pull money that was originally intended for the parks and use it for various purposes. And now with the passing of Prop 5, 100% of that sales tax revenue from sporting goods will go to the state parks. But since this goes into effect in 2021, it is still important to contribute to the parks. They're still severely understaffed, and we have all seen facilities that could use some help. So how else can you contribute? When I go to the parks, I love to grab some souvenirs. Pins and stickers are my number one options. I have already talked on this podcast about my pin collection. I I love stickers. I have stickers on my car that celebrate the outdoors and, and brands that I love. But getting to the park in general provides a great opportunity. I'm a yearly Park Pass card holder. That entitles me to free entrance to the state parks and discounts on multiple nights of camping. But they get the funds up front, whether I go to the parks or not. And it was great for them. They realized that the 
parks were closed for a, a little bit of time, closed completely, not just where they're at now where you have to reserve. And they didn't have to, but they extended the time frame for people that had received or that own these parks. I also have the Keep America Beautiful Pass, and I reached out to them, and they said that while they were considering it very thoroughly, they decided that that was not going to be an option. And granted, that's for a lot of the national parks, so not something that was just Texas, but it's also the U.S. Corps of Engineers parks. It's, it's a lot of places that you can use that, so... If anyone has one of those, just know that they didn't extend your time frame. But if you do have the Texas Parks Pass, the Texas State Parks Pass, they did extend the time frame on when and how long you can use that. The other way you can benefit the parks is by purchasing a Texas Parks license plate. So I want to back up for one second. One thing to remember is that the Texas Parks and Wildlife is not just a camping and hiking organization. The wildlife part of that sometimes gets forgotten. You should be thinking of them as land and resource managers first that just happen to have campgrounds. So when you're looking into the license plates, 22 of the $30 goes to various conservation efforts. You can specifically purchase plates that send funds to specific places, though. It's very similar to another one of my favorite conservation companies, 4Ocean. Their main mission is to remove plastic from our oceans, but you can pick a specific color of bracelet and that will kick out money to a specific animal cause. I have the clear light blue one and that gives a segment of money for dolphin research, dolphin safety, etc. With the license plates, you can pick a cause that means the most to you, whether that's rivers, hunting, Or in my case, I have the camping license plate. And it also just so happens to spell out trailhead. So if you ever see that at a park or something, look for me. Say hi. You can pick up a Texas conservation license plate at conservationplate.org. The final part of the Texas Parks and Wildlife is the Texas Parks and Wildlife Foundation. The foundation is where the majority of the financing makes its way to the conservation efforts. And according to its website, since 1991, they have donated over $200 million to help conserve the state's wildlife, habitat, and natural resources. I was drawn into the We Will Not Be Tamed campaign. They focus on a group of people who love the outdoors and bring something unique to the table. From land, water, hiking, and biking, the campaign focuses on those who appreciate what the land gives us and creates an opportunity to give back. And like everything else I'm talking about, I am a member slash contributor of the Texas Parks and Wildlife Foundation. I felt it was important to contribute and give back to the organization that does so much to conserve what I love and what I love to visit. I received a pretty rad welcome package as part of my contribution that consisted of a hat, a sticker, and a book about some of the current and former quote-unquote untamed. The group of these amazing Texans, 
picked as ambassadors chosen because they best represent the mindset of the Texas Parks and Wildlife Foundation. This year's Untamed are Chance Yarbrough, Hector Astorga, Tony Smith, Taylor Collins, Katie Forrest, and the hardcore carnivore herself, Jess Pryles. The state parks and state conservation programs are not the end of giving back, though. So many local parks are funded by people like us and are operated without the state's budgets and run by volunteers a lot of the time. Some of my favorite organizations are the San Marcos Greenbelt Alliance, the Comal Trails Alliance down in New Braunfels, the Trail Foundation, and the Bull Creek Foundation in Austin. It's important to remember them when you're thinking of places to give back. Most of the parks that people utilize on a regular basis are funded by us, and a lot of the time that gets neglected. I'll put links to these places in the description, so make sure you visit the episode online and see how you can contribute. And I know money is tight for a lot of people, so volunteering time is another great way to give back. I know that the San Marcos Greenbelt Alliance is maintained by volunteers, which is bananas considering how amazing that trail system is. What are some other ways you can give back to your parks? Let me know on Facebook at the Texas Trailhead page. It may seem complicated right now. There just really aren't that many options available because the Texas State Parks are doing reservations only through summertime. But I'm going to talk to you about a handful of different ways that you can request or reserve campsites, places to camp outside, whether it's at the state parks or on people's land. And first and foremost, even the Texas State Parks, they use a website called recreation.gov. Now, they have a really cool app that you can download. I have it on iOS. I think you can get it on Android. I don't know why not. Um, But recreation.gov is really the main site that all the Texas State Parks use. So when you're requesting a camping site, it's powered by recreation.gov. But you can use it for other campgrounds as well. So when you open up the screen, the first thing that you're going to notice is an option to search for different kinds of camping. So it's going to have tent camping, RV camping, cabins and lookouts, or it also has things like lotteries or passes for places that are a little bit harder to find. And it's going to be set on location if you have location turned on, I guess, on your phone. So what's closest to you. So I have things in the central Texas area. And they're not all necessarily at Texas State Parks. The U.S. Corps of Engineers sites also use recreation.gov for reserving camps online, but they also do different things. So it's not just spending the night, it's recreation. So there are going to be tickets and tours that you can sign up for via this app too. I think it's a really good app for looking for places that aren't going to be necessarily state parks. It's also going to show you your reservations and any passes that you have. 
Now, you can use it as a guest, but in order to look up any of the account information or reservations, you are going to need to create an account. So you can use it as a guest to kind of lurk, but if you want to fully utilize it, you can just set up a free account. You're obviously going to be paying for the tickets or passes that you're going to need. So recreation.gov is going to be, first and foremost, your first option. Now, when I went to my when I went on the road trip with my dad, if you've listened to previous episodes, I talked about a pretty epic road trip that I took with took with my my pops from central Texas and Austin down through San Antonio to West Texas, New Mexico and Colorado. And um I'm planning for that trip. We weren't really sure honestly where we were going to stay. I kind of wanted to figure it out as we go, so to speak, but I I didn't want it to be so easy breezy uh, or, or loose in terms of our planning. I did want to have some kind of ideas on where on where to stay. And in terms of New Mexico and Colorado and BLM land, Google Maps was really, really good because BLM land, you're really just going to show up and camp. But if BLM land wasn't, and for those who are unfamiliar, BLM land is going to be the Bureau of Land Management. So they're going to have a lot of spaces that you can camp on that are going to be really part of typical campsites. When you're staying in national forests, you're 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 kind of at will when you get there to to see if if, if they're going to be spaces available. And same thing goes for BLM land. But BLM land, for the most part, it's pretty much free. It's it's paid for by our tax dollars. So that's a pretty interesting thing. But if you want to have a little bit more of a resource for BLM land or just places to camp near you, one of the other apps that I use is going to be called iOverlander. And iOverlander is going to be a fantastic app that's going to give you kind of a multitude of camping options. It'll give you paid campsites, free campsites, places really where it's not technically a campsite, but you're allowed to park and sleep. I They definitely have an option that I've seen where... It just shows Walmart parking lots because a lot of Walmarts, um, you you can you can just stay, <laughs> you can just stay, in in what they call an informal campsite, and it's user generated too. So people contribute feedback and descriptions, and the people that use this app are really good about updating it. For the most part, if it's a popular site, it's going to be updated more often. If it's something a little bit more rustic, then it may not be open as often. And if your places where if you're in a place that doesn't really have a lot of traveling, you know, you're not going to see as many options. But it's iOverlander is great because it's not just for camping. It does utilize a lot of different things. So, for example, if you're an RVer and you're wondering if there's an RV 
lot or dealer and maybe you need to get your RV worked on, that is an icon that will pop up as well. So that's pretty cool. And there are fil filters. All of the apps and websites and whatnot I'm going to be talking about are going to have different filters that you can cater to your specific needs. So that's that's really cool too. So on iOverlander, it's going to open up and it's going to have just your map option where you can browse places on the map or view it as a list. So you can see a list of nearby places. And then you can check into a place, update your travel history or your check-in history. So if you want to kind of check out some of the places that you've already been to, and then, of course, there's the settings option to create your settings, your preferences, and your utilities. So I've been really happy with iOverlander. I used iOverlander and Google Maps pretty frequently looking for BLM land and looking for maybe third and fourth options of places to camp at that we didn't really want to do parking lot. And we found our really, really awesome BLM land cave campground in New Mexico. That was really, really cool. So I've talked about Gaia GPS on my website. I don't remember if I've talked about it on here too, but Gaia GPS is a really great thing to look up BLM land, farm roads and whatnot, and places that you can stay possibly while you're out on the road. It's, it's, that's kind of a sidetrack. That's not really a place to reserve anything, um, but it is going to be a great tool that I'm going to talk about in an upcoming GPS episode. So quick recap, the first two apps, it's going to be recreation.gov, and that's going to utilize a lot of the state parks, a lot of the U.S. Corps of Engineers places. It's going to give a lot of feedback. It's going to have a lot of ratings. It's going to tell you the different kinds of options that you're going to have, and then you can reserve these places based off of your availability or just kind of like a hotel app. You, you'll be able to reserve these places and see what the amenities are, et cetera, et cetera. And then I Overlander. The last place that I want to talk to you about is a place that I keep hearing about pretty, pretty often, and it's called Hip Camp. So if you're familiar with Hip Camp, I am curious as to what you have been enjoying about it so far, and if you've never heard of Hip Camp. So Hip Camp is, think of it as like an Airbnb for outdoor experiences. People, and a lot of people in Texas are using it because people in, because the land in Texas for the most part is so privatized. So what you're seeing is a lot of people are basically sectioning off plots of their own land and creating places that people can come and enjoy on their land and create campsites and whatnot. So when you open Hip Camp, there is going to be a search bar and you can, I guess, type in your locations or what you're looking for and then your dates. And then it also gives you kind of similar to the recreation.gov app. It's going to give you the different kinds of camping options that you want. So you're going to see tent sites, glamping, so a little bit more not-so-rustic camping experience, the glamorous camping life. It's going to have RVs, and then it's going to have some additional specific options. So are you looking for something that's pet-friendly? Are you looking for something for tonight or this weekend? It's going to give you your nearby camps based off of your location. I've already 
when I opened the app and created my account, I had it set so it will use my location when I'm using the app. So when you open the app, it's going to give you some pretty good options. This is like Airbnb and like other travel sites, it is going to be based off of reviews. So you'll be able to read the reviews and it gives you a percentage and how many reviews. And then it gives you the price and then it shows those icons that I mentioned at the very beginning of this app. So it'll let you know if it's acceptable for RVs or for tent camping. Gives you a little bit of a picture to kind of give you an idea of what you're going to expect. And then it's going to give you some more details. If you click on one of the locations, it'll tell you a little bit more in depth as far as what's available, as far as amenities. And if you are going to do any kind of RV camping, what it allows for for that as well and how many people. And then it'll give you your price option again, and then you can check availability. What it doesn't do, just like Airbnb, is it doesn't tell you the exact location of where it's going to be until you finalize your reservation. So for the most part, you can kind of tell. It'll give you a general area, and based off of the descriptions, you can see, is it going to be by water? Can you access the water? And if they're a good host, they're going to give some of those details. I have never used this before. I've used recreation.gov and I've used iOverlander. So I reached out to one of my favorite Facebook groups, since my Facebook page is just for the website information. I follow Backpacking and Hiking Texas on Facebook. So I, I, I posed the question. And this was the question. So I did a search and it seems like a handful of y'all recommend HipCamp. For those that have used it, why do you like it? It seems like prices are higher than state parks. Just trying to get a gauge on everyone's experience. And it had a pretty good response. So I'm just going to read some of these to you and kind of give you a gauge or give you an idea of what you can expect. So Vivian says, a lot of these places don't have toilets. Outhouses or dig a hole seems to be the norm and private property. So the ones in Texas, obviously, um, are going to be on private properties. Michaela says, I've seen the prices are higher as well, but never experienced camping with hip camp before. So she saw that the price. So I was, you know, typical in a, so at Tyler, Tyler State Park, the cabins were $50 a night, which whatever, I'm happy to support the parks, but that's definitely higher than sleeping in a campsite. But for most of the places that I've seen on HipCap so far, at least around my area, they're ranging from 35 and up. Not for cabins, though, just for you to show up on somebody's land and plop your tent out. So that was one of my one of my concerns. Karen says, I camped on a 100-acre ranch in April near Tolar and Glen Rose before state parks were open. $35 a night. It was very private. Nice host. Had a picnic table, fire ring, and pit toilet. It was awesome. We left the property to fish and kayak at a nearby creek. So that definitely sounds pretty rad. Um, Brianna says, I used it in Waco for a small cabin and an RV park. It was a great experience. It was $50 on a weekend. Best sleep I had in a while, too. Awesome. Great job, Brianna. Um, Taylor says unique campsites, nice hosts. 
Joseph says, I only use it if I need to camp in an area and there are no state parks. So that was kind of what I was suggesting. Like, are people using this mostly because, A, they're in a bind and really just need a place to, to sleep if they whatever had a change of plans or if they're traveling and there aren't a state park in an area because i know people that travel long distances like state parks are their version of a roadside hotel they'd rather stay at a state park for the night and 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 get a night's rest and then hit the road in the morning so i can definitely see that uh being an option uh an option so Kesalp says, I don't generally enjoy the car camping experience in most Texas state parks. Hmm, I wonder why. Uh, there are just too many people for my taste. Oh, she says it right after I asked. Hip camp can be good. Sorry, I'm just reading them as I'm going. Hip camp can be good if you want to car camp and have privacy. Uh, I've used it as a base camp when I wanted to paddle a particular river. I would pick National Forest or BLM camping anytime over either of those if they're available. So again, that's probably for outside of um, Texas. But Elizabeth says, I used hip camp last minute. No other place is open. COVID season, primitive camping, no facilities, but no people either. Good experience. So some people just really like the, I guess, the solitude. Uh, Diana says, smaller, quieter, no one screaming and yelling into the night. That's kind of the other thing, too. If you're at a popular campground you know, you're at the mercy of if the camp host is going to be kind of on top of it, or if you're going to be camping next to some unruly people that aren't following the uh, quiet time hours. Nicole says you get private access to some really cool locations that you wouldn't get to see otherwise. And I've, and I'm not reading every single comment, but a lot of people did have that to say too. Some people just live pretty close to some pretty awesome areas that you wouldn't be able to get to. Um, Cause even, I mean, people can access the narrows and it is what it is, but there are some places where landowners have actually put up fences that go across the water. So you really do have to cross over into people's land to access it. So um let's see what else do we have billy says i've used hip camp twice this year during covid my biggest complaint as of now it doesn't tell you the exact location until you book it will give you more or less the area uh let's see i didn't know it existed until i used hip camp the second time i use it i camped on a private property and the host was great the shower was great and they gave me a pass to use the private lake so you know like most most places it's going to be kind of back and forth. And then one more from Sandra read and research each listing thoroughly as well. Contact the property owner and message any questions or concerns you may have ahead of time. Not all the listing owners are upfront or honest. My first experience I thought was only four sites on their private property with a porta potty on site, marked their listing as COVID adherent extra precautions and paid $50 a night plus fees got there and not only were there 12 sites booked very close to each other but people kept coming and they didn't turn them away blamed it on that they didn't have internet and hip camp was messing up reservations so oh and then there was one communal potty heard for all those sites um so yeah and i imagine as more and more people are using this app that more and more hosts are going to have to step up their game. I mean, their early days of Airbnb, there was not 
a whole lot of adherence to some of the guidelines and and not a whole lot of accountability but airbnb has definitely come a long way and i've stayed in multiple airbnbs and had a really good um experience and a lot of that is just really in part to the customer feedback so it's important that when you have a bad experience you leave that feedback but it's also important if you have a good experience to leave that feedback too because I'm not always reading negative comments. Sometimes I'm reading the positive comments and trying to kind of read in between the lines there and see if maybe what they really liked is something that I wouldn't like. That sounds weird, but it does kind of help balance out because sometimes people just leave nasty comments just for the sake of leaving nasty comments and you're not really getting anything out of that too. So recreation.gov, iOverlander, and HipCamp. Those are the three apps that I've been looking at a lot more recently to try and reserve places to stay for an awesome camping adventure. Do you have a suggestion on an app that we can use? You know, if you go to the Anchor page and look up the Texas Trailhead, it's anchor.fm, you can actually leave me a voice message that I can play on an upcoming episode. So if you want to let me know what kind of app you use to make reservations, or if you've used one of these apps and have some feedback for other people, why don't you leave me a message and, and let me know that it's okay to use in an upcoming episode. I would love to share your stories of using any of this these uh, applications and, and kind of help spread the word. Otherwise, you can leave me a message on the Texas Trailhead page on Facebook. And yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Texas Trailhead Podcast. If you like what you heard, please let me know by leaving feedback on Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast. You can also support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. You can find this on anchor.fm and just search the Texas Trailhead. Still looking for more? Click the links below to find the website, Facebook page and see pictures from the outdoors on my Instagram page. So until next time, grab your backpack, put on your hiking shoes, and let's go out on another adventure. This is the Texas Trailhead. <laughs>